Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. Still till this day, um, knowing that promise we have in heaven is what I cling to and is what I encourage a lot of people who go through a loss like that, who knows that they're, um, the person that they lost um, is, is in heaven. I, I always try to remind them that they're healed and they're whole and it's still okay to grieve and to process all these different things, but just know that they are in um, the best place ever. A hard but hope-filled story today as Josh Bogacic shares his story of losing both a wife and a daughter, but where he's found hope in that journey. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, welcome to Life Support. So good to have you here. What we do on this program is we tell stories to help you find a deeper relationship with Jesus through suffering and trauma. And that may seem like a contradiction in terms, but it's not. Because many times God makes himself known in unique ways when we are in a a pain of some kind or grieving or suffering that's when God really shows up. And we have a guest that's going to be proof of that today. Josh Bogachik is our guest. Uh, you may have met him um, last week, but Josh, thanks for being back. We really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for the opportunity. Yeah, you told us um, a, a story that was um, difficult, um, heartbreaking. Um, you lost some very important people. Yeah. Tell me how that happened. Yeah, um, so my uh, wife, who was 32 weeks pregnant, um, had gone over to a friend's house to help them move, um, and I was at work at the time and got a, a phone call from the friend that uh, Mallory had been in an accident at the house, and um, the ambulance is, was taking her to the hospital, but she she was going to be okay. She was going to make it, so I rushed to the hospital from work, and um, I'm, I'm at the hospital, and I'm waiting, and um, some doctors had come in, and I, I had prepared myself for some pretty hard news, uh, but the news that they had shared with me was something that I could have never imagined. Uh, they they told me that um, Mallory, my wife, uh, had passed away. They weren't able to um, save her, uh, but they they were able to save um, our, our daughter, our baby at the time. So... Um, they they brought her up to the NICU and she was up there um, and they didn't know how much time was left for her but she was alive and she was there and I you know had the opportunity to meet her um, and spend four days with her in the hospital and uh, yeah those are four days that um, forever changed my life and mm-hmm. are, are days that I will I will share about for the rest of my life. So. Yeah, well. Um that's something that we all think about, but we think is never going to happen to us. Right. And now it's happening to you. Mm-hmm. You're a believer. Yeah. Uh, you know Jesus. Um, how important was it at this point in your life that you had invested in your faith yeah. when all this struck you? Right. Yeah, I, I say this a lot, and I and when anyone asks that question, how did you make it through? How did you get through this? I I, I tell them it was it was my faith and it was mm-hmm. my relationship with Jesus because if I didn't have that, 
I don't I don't know where I would have ended up. I probably would have spiraled into uh, a deep depression and all of these different things, which a lot of people told me was fine to do. Mm-hmm. If you, you know, need to just unwind and spiral, you, you know, you're the person, you're yeah. a great candidate to yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, and, but for me, that wasn't, that wasn't an option because I knew that I, I had a lot more living to do in Christ. So, mm-hmm. are there any specific things, Bible verses, uh, theology that came to mind as you maneuvered through this? Yeah, uh, this might be unconventional. Um, We're an unconventional show. That's what makes us so much fun. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) I think the biggest thing for me that I struggled with was, at first, why did God take my wife from me? Mm -hmm. That was my biggest struggle. If God's good, why did he take Mm -hmm. my wife? And so I bought a lot of theology books and just different um, uh, versions of the Bible, different translations, and I studied and studied and studied. And I never once found in Scripture where God would take a spouse Mm -hmm. because God's not – he's a good God, and he wants the best for you in your life. And I knew that, but at the time I was like – he took her. He took her. He took her and my daughter. And um, there it's was an undeniable fact, right? Absolutely. You have to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. And yeah. no matter how many, how much studying I did and diving into different things, I could just never find where he would take um, someone or a spouse or something like that. Um, for me, at least, I couldn't find that anywhere. So mm-hmm. that really kind of put started to put my heart and my mind at ease that yes she's with god in heaven now he didn't take her from me um but she's there now and and healed and whole and mm-hmm. and with jesus so he's not a vindictive god Absolutely. is kind of where you landed yep. yep um knowing that she was with god yeah in heaven um what did that do to your spirit still to and this, your baby yeah still till this day um knowing that promise we have in heaven is what I cling to and is what I encourage a lot of people who go through a loss like that, who knows that they're, um, the person that they lost um, is, is in heaven. I, I always try to remind them that they're healed and they're whole and it's still okay to grieve in the process, mm-hmm. all these different things, but just know that they are in um, the best place ever. And a lot of people don't necessarily want to hear that right away. Um, but just knowing that, for me at least, continues to to strengthen my faith. And strengthen yeah, it's a it's a really important truth. Now, what you don't want to do if you're dealing with somebody who's grieving is necessarily, hey, it's going to be okay there in heaven yeah. because uh, the relationships in heaven are going to be different. You've lost something that's yeah, very precious. For sure. Um, but I remember a friend telling me after I lost my wife, and I was kind of beating myself up and, yeah. you know, I wish I would have been this kind of husband. I wish I would have done better when she was fighting cancer. You know mm-hmm. how that goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend just looked at me and said, um, she's she's not thinking about that right now. Yeah. She's she's with Christ. Right. You, you're not responsible for her anymore. Yeah. So you can let that go. Yeah. I think she's doing fine. And actually that was really an important truth. And, and when we lost our son... Um, you know, he was young, and so my first question was, well, I know he's made a profession of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I baptized him, mm-hmm. 
but you know how does this really work because he was young and he made mistakes and stuff and i remember um you know god would give us these little conversations with his friends and they would be sporadic and they would say things like you know yeah you know taylor and i talked about jesus a lot yeah or you, t- you run into some camp counselor two years later, and they'd be going like, yeah, I had this conversation. And it was just like confirmation, confirmation, confirmation. Right. Right. And it was like God um, circling around just saying, well, you know, I'm going to keep reminding you. Yeah. And um, I think one thing we've lost in the modern-day church is, you know, in the old days, they sang about heaven a lot. Yeah. You know, the old gospel songs, right? right, that we all kind of like, well, we don't do that anymore. Yeah. But a lot of them were about, you know, we're going to glory. Yes. We're going to heaven. Right. And I, I feel sometimes that we've lost that hope. Yeah. Because it is a very real thing. Yeah. And you say you're still clinging to that. You still think about that. 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I like I said last week, I, I was a missionary um, and my whole life was sharing this hope of what heaven is. Um, and so if I, if I was preaching it to thousands and thousands of people, but in my everyday life, if I wasn't believing it, then I'm a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. And I just kept being reminded of conversations that I had where I shared about Jesus and how you know loving he is and how he wants this relationship with you and how the ultimate goal at the end is that we get to live in eternity with him. And that, yeah, still to this day, it's just a, every morning I remind myself yeah. of that promise. And it's very important for me um, as I continue in my life, as I continue on this journey, that we have that hope, and that's something that, yeah, I cling to more than more than anything. Yeah, and that hope is also a future hope for you, and um, you know, for your for your uh, new wife and your yeah. child, if I might call them that. But yeah. um, because uh, I remember a lady saying to me, um, "Well, after your." wife died I thought you'd get a like a free pass or get out of jail card and then this thing happened with your son and then yeah. well there's no guarantees of anything in life right and that's why I think it's important that we keep our theology straight and we know what we believe and we sure. we cling to it yeah. Paul will be back with Josh in just a moment one of the resources available as a way for all of us to come alongside each other and strengthen congregations is called caring for mental health a 10-part small group series for your church. Log on to lifesupportresources.org for more information. That's lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Paul and Josh. Well, there's no guarantees of anything in life. Right. And that's why I think it's important that we keep our theology straight and we know what we believe and we sure. we cling to it. Yeah. And then you're in a situation now where you're all alone. Mm-hmm. You, you, all the... St- all the hopes of your life, um, everything you thought was going to happen was suddenly gone. Yeah. Um, how did you deal with the loneliness, um, that the isolation that comes with, you know, laying there in the dark? I know what that feels like. You yeah. lay in the dark, it kind of closes in on you because now you're thinking about it. It's just a, it's it can be a really dark, horrible feeling. Yeah. Uh, what did you do to kind of counteract that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I as you know, there was those sleepless nights mm, where man. you just lay in the bed and no matter how tired you were from crying the day the day of or you know, all these spiritual things that are going on in your life, you're just exhausted at night, but you just lay there and like you said, you just feel that darkness 
and there's no there's no sleep there's no rest at least for me there wasn't um and that you know that was probably for a good week or two after mm-hmm. everything happened um but it wasn't really anything i did it was what the people around me did mm-hmm. um they were intentional they were active in in this healing process and this grieving process and there wasn't a day where i was by myself never for i can't even remember how long it was it was that long um i had friends meeting with me every day just like sharing stories and you know laughing about mm-hmm. things that happened and crying and all of these different things i never once had a day where i didn't have someone coming to to sit with me and and my family was was there and super supportive of everything and all of my friends um that were here were just there and active and pursuing me and i remember a week a couple of friends and i took a trip up to duluth minnesota and just we just hung out and it was like 20 degrees and 40 mile an hour winds and it was the worst day in duluth but for me it was one of the best days because mm-hmm. of the time we had together where we could share these stories about mallory and all of these different things and you know also share about that there is hope for the future for me and um yeah so there wasn't anything that i i did i yeah. like as i did seek counseling and that helped tremendously but just the intent the tensionality of my friends and my family during that time is what really got me that's through. a great lesson for all of us to learn because so many times what happens people are all there at the beginning of the journey right um, getting through the service, you know, coming in, flying in, and so forth. Yep. And then when it's when it's over, many times, you know, everyone leaves, and then that person mm-hmm. really, really has a hard time. So your friends were good. Yeah. And that's a good lesson for all of us to learn. Yeah. Now, one thing we don't do well in church, uh, churches, is that we tend to judge a lot. Yep. So here you are now. You're you're um, in this grieving process. You you begin to to kind of this girl comes on your radar. Mm-hmm. And um, in our minds, you know, we all have, well, what's proper and yeah. what we should do or not do and how are we going to not you know, honor your wife and all this stuff. Right. So how did you work through the um, the reality that this this woman was starting to be like the real deal? And you must have asked yourself some questions. For sure. Um, how did you kind of maneuver through that whole thing? Yeah, well, uh, I was terrified. <laughs> That's a good thing. You should always be terrified. <laughs> I was absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I I dreaded having to tell anyone that there's uh, potentially a new... What were you afraid of? <sighs> I was, I think I was afraid of, I mean, their reaction, yes, because, mostly because, so my friends were Mallory's friends. Like, all of our friends mm-hmm. were super close and we had this amazing community, as I've talked about. And I didn't want to dishonor them because yeah. they were alongside me. And um, this girl now comes into my life. And I'm all of these thoughts of, well, are, are you honoring? Are you still mm-hmm. honoring these people? Are you still honoring yep. Mallory? Are you still doing the right thing? And, um, you know, a, a friend of mine kept reminding me that there's no manual or handbook on grief. We have the stages of grief yes. and all of those different things. But they come at different times in different places. And, 100%. Yeah. And there's no book that says, hey, in two weeks you need to be here. Right. And then you need to be there. And that's what I kept reminding myself of is I've, 
I felt good about this. I mm-hmm. felt really like, okay, this woman is amazing and I could see myself being with her, but is that my flesh or is that from the Lord? And I asked him and wrestled with it and just continually felt like it was okay. And But the, I was still very scared to talk to my friends and family about it. And like I had mentioned, I, I just... I just kind of sucked it up and was, I told him about her and said that I really feel like this is from the Lord. Um, what are your thoughts? Um, and they were all surprisingly accepting and surprisingly just, yeah, we're here for you. We really think like this is good. And well, when they first met Amanda, there was that awkward, sure. just like, ah. For everybody, this yeah. Is, it's just mm-hmm. new. Because they had not seen you with anyone else. Right. It's right. different. It's new. And mm-hmm. Mallory was this amazing person. And now I'm with this other person. And there's probably those thoughts of, wow, this is this is too soon. You know, mm-hmm. how is you know how is he still, you know, doing this? Does he just need a wife because he, you know, had this sense of, um, belonging and compassion with this other with with Mallory, and now he's just looking to replace right. that. Yeah. Um, and I never felt like that. I really just felt like this was good, and really felt like this was what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that many times we look at people um, in our spheres of influence, and we want to kind of um, dictate how they grieve and how they work through issues, when in fact that's between them and God, and um, Supporting is the best thing. Yeah. Listening, just being present, yeah. and it, and if you're asked, be honest. Yeah. But um, you 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 talk often, Josh, about getting counsel. Yeah. Um, tell me how important that is to you that you're running stuff by believers and that you're not making these decisions on your own. Yeah. Um, it's the utmost of important things for me. Um, whenever there's something going on in my life, I, God put these people in my life very strategically. Not all of them agree or believe every single thing that I mm-hmm. do. And I think that's amazing mm-hmm. because you need those people that have different thought processes, that process things differently, that, you know, want what's best for you ultimately, but maybe there's different ways to get there um, right. in, that are different from my mind. So I think having those people that the the end goal is all always the same, but it's how do we get there? How do we get this healing? How do we, you know, answer this prayer? How do we, you know, do all these different things? Uh, I think having multiple, multiple people in your life that do that um, is crucial and is very important. And uh, thankfully, I, I had a lot of those people and still have them whenever a hard thing comes up, um, I can reach out and they're always there saying, hey, we're praying for you. What can we do? Let us know how it goes. If you want to meet with us, we can sit down and process this together. Um, so, yeah, it's... That's a really good gift to have. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a, a wonderful thing to bring to your young adult ministry that you're just starting out on. Yeah. Um, hey, build people into your life yep. that will walk the journey with you. Yep. I mean, I'm older than Abraham. And um, I still have uh, mentors yeah. around the country that I know who to call, right. and I know they're going to give me the straight shoot, you know, the straight the the straight shot because yeah. they love me enough to tell me, right? Um, you're crazy. Or yeah. what's beautiful about it is if you're 
your counselors, your mentors give you the green light, mm-hmm. then you can walk forward in confidence. Yeah. And on those hard days when you're going like, wow, this is really difficult. Yeah. Oh, yeah, wait, they said, it, they, they said this was the right thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a wonderful thing. Yeah, for sure. So you don't have to be second-guessing yourself right. all the time. All right, so here you are. We've got about, um, about three, three minutes, and uh, now you're married. You've got a, a child. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you could just narrow it down, I know it's impossible questions, but mm-hmm. I like asking impossible yeah. questions because – if you had to narrow it down to one or two things that that um, you you think about when you think about God right now, and you think about where you've been and where you are, yeah. Um, how, how would what kind of terms would you use? Um. So I'll 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 say two. There's hundreds, but the top two for me are uh, pursuit, and um, I guess I could just tag them together. Active pursuit. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I have always felt actively pursued by the Lord. So when I went through loss, my loss, there was never a day where I didn't feel like God was trying to pursue me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting remarried and, and having a baby and all these different things, I I still feel pursued. And as I walk into this young adults ministry where, you know, I'm at the moment a little a little in over my head. I don't have all these answers. I don't really know. You know, it's a rural community, and I'm you know from the city. Like, what do these people need? I don't I don't know. But any time that I'm in a quiet time, or any time I'm you know driving, um, the Lord's always reminding me that He's He's pursuing me, and He's going to you know answer these questions, and He's going to help me with whatever it is, and. Yeah, I don't know. Every single day, I'm I'm just amazed by this active pursuit from the Lord that that I have and or that He has for me, and it's it's all about grace. It's amazing. And when you think about the young adults you'll be ministering to, that's really all they need is. Yeah. Um, they don't need someone with all the answers. They just need someone to love them, yeah. someone to pursue them. Right. Um, and w- w- what I find is that in ministry. Um, People aren't so much interested in um, what you know. They just want to know that you are involved with their life, that you do care about them, yeah. and that you're willing to share some of your stuff. Right. So they they have some freedom to not be perfect. Yeah. You know. So you're you're going to do great. You got a lot of wisdom. Thank you. um, you've come through a lot. You have a lot to share. Um, and don't you find, Josh, um, that because of what you've gone through, that you have sort of instant credibility with people. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's something that I definitely feel like I I have. I have some authority in the Lord to address mm-hmm. certain situations, and yeah. And they look at you different, don't they? When you start sharing, they kind of go like, oh, this isn't just some holy man here trying to steer me around. This yeah. guy has been through some stuff, and yeah. they listen. Right. Because yeah. they genuinely are interested in what you have to say to them, and that's yeah. a gift too. Yeah, yeah, I remember going to a church um kind of freshly after after everything happened and I didn't know everyone but I walked in that building and I had this sense that everyone knew me not mm-hmm. in an mm-hmm. arrogant way but I just yeah. knew that they knew my story they knew kind of where I'm at and yeah I still have that sometimes when I go to fresh and, and new places and I think that's just the Lord reminding me that I have something powerful to share and that I um, yeah need to share of, yep. of his goodness and, and all of that so, keep doing it Thank you. And thank I you will. for sharing it with us. For sure.
Josh Bogachik and his story. And um, you may be right now going through something that's really rough, and maybe it's private, maybe others know about it, and maybe you're asking some of the questions that Josh was asking about God. Um, I often go back to Psalm 34 um, and this very simple truth that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the, the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Bible never promises that our lives are going to skate along and never run into difficult things. But what God does promise is that he will always be there with us. He does promise that there's a purpose in those trials. And he does promise us that at the end of the day, we're going to be with Christ. And uh, all of the suffering that's happened in this life uh, will somehow be parlayed into this amazing future with Jesus. And that's what we really have to look forward to. So, don't give up, and if you need to reach out and get help, please do that. Don't be afraid. Um, there are people out there that want to help you, and uh, the stories that we tell here, uh, I want to, uh, you know, I want these stories to lead you to hope, and that's really what we're talking about. Um, listen, you can uh, find a video version of this podcast at FiveStoneMedia.com. They're uh, a great partner, as is Faith Radio, who gives us this platform at MyFaithRadio.com. You can also check us out here at Ridgewood Church at MyRWC.org. You can go to our care page if you need help. Uh, We've got plenty of resources there. And um, again, just reach out to someone. um, If you need, go online and just say, hey, I need help, and there'll be stuff that comes up that will help you. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you listened. And we'll catch you next time on Life Support. Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of life support.